Welcome to I Got Back Up. I'm Talia Lazarus, creator of I Got Back Up. And in August 2021, I was in a road accident. I didn't walk for 10 weeks. I had knee surgery that September and a second double knee surgery in February 22. My journey took me through greatest highs and extreme lows. We don't realize how much we take for granted until it is all taken away. The day I was able to get a glass of water all by myself was one of those little moments in life. Everyone has a story, and as humans, we always talk about when someone is back up or how something happened, but we don't discuss the middle part, the recovery, the journey, the darkness, the continuous roller coaster of ups and downs. It's a taboo subject for most, but here it's not. You have a chance to change your story, your outcome, your next chapter. You can face all your hurdles, obstacles and walls with us and those around you. You are not alone. We recover together. Today I'm chatting with Katie Avery. In 2019, Katie was involved in a really bad road traffic accident while still at university. As an osteopath now herself, Katie can relate incredibly to her patients. However, as much as it was a dark journey for her, she actually wouldn't change it. You don't have to stay where you are. You can move forward and embrace today just how Katie continues to do so. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So uh, just obviously you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and your story. Yeah, okay, cool. So um, I'm 27, my name's Katie and I work as an osteopath. Um, so a few years ago I was in a road traffic accident in 2019 which was a really bad road traffic accident. And during the accident, my foot was on the pedal um, and the impact of the car accident went basically went up my leg and shattered my entire ankle. So I was obviously rushed to hospital and I had something called an X-fix put onto my leg. And I had that on for, I think it was about a week that I had that on for. and the surgeons there basically said to me, we can't do this operation. You have to go to a London hospital. So they transferred me out after after a few days waiting to King's College Hospital. And then at King's, I had to wait, I think it was maybe another, another four or five days for the operation. And then they took the X-Fix off. And then they put, or they did like um, an, it's called an ORF, so open reduction internal fixation. They basically fitted my leg with like loads of titanium and loads of pins to basically hold it all together and help it heal. So that was that. And then I spent about, I think it was, it was about 14 weeks non-weight bearing. So it was a really, really long time, you know, it was, and it was the end of the year. So all of Christmas, all of New Year, I was in a class non-weight-bearing, which is actually probably, as you know, like one of the most depressing things ever, not being able to weight-bear is horrendous. Um, and also, you just, you don't even realise, even just being in, in a class is, is horrible. <laughs> it's actually horrible. I remember that um, within the first few weeks, my leg had wasted so much that mm. I had put my whole arm into my cast. <laughs> um, and then because of that, the cast started moving against my leg yeah. um, and it was rubbing. 
so then actually I got pressure sores um, on my ankle because of the movement which was just like I've never felt I would, I think previously I actually said the pressure sores were more painful than the actual break itself. Um, and I just remember going to the hospital and I was like, this is just insanely painful. Like you have to check it out. And they cut off the cast and like the back of my ankle was basically black where it had been rubbing against it. And they were like, okay, I think we're just going to put you in an air cast boot now. (laughs) After that. They just didn't put another cast back on, um, and I had an air cast boot on after that. So it wasn't as bad with the with the moon boot, but it was. They're very heavy. Like, I don't know how heavy they are, and I thought, oh, I've come all this way, and now I've got to like put this heavy boot on, and I was like really upset about it. But you get used to it like so quickly. Yeah. So then I was in the air cast boot for I think like another two or three months. So by this point, so the accident happened in the end of October 2019, yeah. and then I, I didn't actually start learning to walk again, and I didn't start partial weight bearing until the March of 2020. Okay. Quite a long period. Um, and then I started to partially weight bear and then started to learn to walk again. Um, and that, that first year, it was really difficult because I was in a lot of pain, um, but I didn't know if if it was if my ankle was you know what it should be I didn't really understand it and it was hard to tell like what what was going to be the long-term outcome that kind of whole year it was just you know it healed but it wasn't great I still had like quite bad symptoms but I was walking by the end of the year without aid which was really good um but I started to get like very arthritic symptoms so I started to get you know pain at the end of the day I mean it's it's been swollen for the last three years it's just never it's never not swollen to be honest so you know and I just kind of got used to all of that and then when I had the original injury I actually had some nerve damage so I had um well I still have I have no sensation on the bottom of my foot Um, and they were quite concerned about that. So then I had some investigations at the end of 2020 for that, which was also horrendous. I mean, I did, I never knew about what they do when they do nerve conduction tests, but I went to the hospital and they literally basically like electrocute you to see if the nerves work or not. So they put these like little sticky pads on the, the root of the nerve. Yeah. Which for me, is obviously my foot and ankle, which are like, can you even imagine like it's horrendous and then they basically send little shocks through them and then this machine that it's linked to tells you if that if the nerve is getting those shocks through basically and it was horrible like it was so painful (laughs) like someone was electrocuting my foot it was so bad um so then they got their answer, which I could have told them anyway. It was painful. Um, so then I was put on a list to have my, which would have been, this was my third operation, which I then had in the April of 2021. And in that operation, they basically opened up this, there's like a tunnel on the side of the ankle. They opened it up and then they decompressed the nerves. They removed all the scar tissue, um, which it was kind of like a 50-50 chance that it would do anything. And unfortunately, it just didn't really make much of a difference. 
so um all this all this while this was all going on I was still I had gone back to university at this point I was continuing my degree and stuff which in itself was really hard because you know I, I wasn't fully functioning and I was on like my clinical placement so I was seeing patients I was treating patients and that is actually quite hard in itself because I, I do think that people maybe have a perception that you know I have to be of like perfect health to be able to perform my job to the best of my ability and then in the May of last year so May 2021 my ankle just got like so much worse um and it it really really started to deteriorate and I was at a point where I went and saw my consultant and I was like you just you have to do something because like I just can't live my life like this it was it was so bad I'd gone back to using um two crutches near enough all the time um which is a lot of stress on your body I think you use about on average 25% more energy when you're using crutches than when you're not so it's it's really tiring to be honest so my consultant at the time he was the a trauma and orthopedic consultant so he kind of specialized in all the major trauma and he was like right I'm going to refer you on to limb reconstruction mm-hmm. I met with them and they basically gave me this option to have um a distraction frame put on mm-hmm. so the um it's, it's a circular frame and they often use it for like limb lengthening so people that you know have one limb that's shorter than the other they put it on for that and then the limb will grow but they've also recently started using it in cases like mine because there's been research that shows that if you pull the joint apart and you leave it like that for a couple of months um, and you load through the joint so you go about kind of your daily activities mm-hmm. uh, um it doesn't heal the joint, but like basically a layer of scar tissue forms over the joint surface. Mm-hmm. And that layer of scar tissue can essentially act as cartilage, similar to how cartilage would. And I actually waited 11 months for that surgery. Yeah. Which, you know, while you're on crutches and in significant pain, 11 months was what it felt like the longest wait of my life to be honest yeah and I actually think that kind of that period was way harder than even when I had the initial break and I was in cast and I was non-weight break it was worse than all of that and I think it's because by that point my ankle it was it's a chronic condition so you know in my head I'm like you know it's not going to get it's not going to get significantly better. And in that those 11 months, if anything, it just got worse and worse. So when it came round to the surgery, they actually, I, they found out that I had cysts growing all over the joint. So they removed the cysts in the surgery and they also did a bone graft from my hip. So they took bone from my hip, put it on my ankle. Um, and then they also did this thing where... They, the Achilles at the back, to give you more dorsiflexion, because I, I literally, I had no dorsiflexion at all. They basically make a little incision into your Achilles, and then that allows you to go into more dorsiflexion. They also put this, um, this thing down. I think it's called, it's called a chondroguide, and they basically put it onto the joint surface, and apparently that kind of helps with, um, the repairing of the joints they put like one of those on the joint surface as well 
and then they put the huge frame on so I had this huge frame on my leg by this point and people were like you know people just stare they're like oh my god what is that on your leg um and I think they look quite scary um and they do look very painful and it was it was painful like where the pins go into your leg is obviously uncomfortable but actually it felt less painful in my joint because my joint like finally had some space um which it hasn't had for like nearly two years at this point so to be honest yeah it was quite nice like and all my ankle symptoms were gone so I had I had no more like pain in the joint um you know I had no pain like stiffness first thing in the morning I didn't have like horrendous pain after a day of being on it so yeah for those three months that I had it on it was actually I know it sounds really weird but I actually quite enjoyed it because <laughs> it was just like my ankle was like got a bit of breathing space yeah. <laughs> I was so compressed yeah, um, yeah. So it was yeah it was really interesting experience and so by this point I was in my um final year of uni I've got to complete all my final exams with like scaffolding on my leg basically (laughs) um so that was just insane really that um that I had to do that yeah and in my head I was I was absolutely dreading it but I do just think when you're in those situations for me I didn't have a choice I was just like you know what like let's get on with it let's do it um and I managed to get through it somehow and I look back and think god I, I think if I can do that I can get through practical exams where you're on your feet you know in order to get my master's yeah. and I just got on with it and did it and like I, I probably don't give myself enough credit for actually how difficult that was and I don't mean to sound big-headed but I, I am actually quite impressed with myself for doing that <laughs> no be be big-headed everyone deserves to at some point yeah definitely so yeah that was a real that was a real experience and then I got the frame off um in August this uh, July this year and then kind of since then I've just been um rehabbing him and basically learning to walk again because so before the surgery my foot was actually stuck in plantar flexion, so I couldn't, I couldn't even flatten my foot on the floor. Yeah. So, so that's why I had to use crutches all the time because, like, imagine it's like you know the position when you're wearing high heels. I had one foot that was just stuck in that position, so it was it was really hard to walk. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it was really really difficult. So yeah, I've just been getting used to even being able to have my foot flat on the floor. It just feels like incredible to me and when I've been when I've seen my osteopath um we've actually measured the um increase in dorsiflexion so before my surgery it was I was stuck in 15 degrees of plantar flexion and now I'm a, I'm between kind of four and eight degrees of dorsiflexion yeah. so you know it's kind of over 20 degrees difference so yeah. even if it doesn't do anything in the long run like to have an extra 20 degrees of motion like it's just absolutely insane yeah yeah so yeah so I kind of I spent the summer just diamond rehab really and learning to walk again and then I went away in September and then um I came back and graduated and then started working about four or five weeks ago now um 
so yeah it's been it's been a journey to be honest it's been a crazy like three years um but weirdly I mean it has been horrendous but I don't think I would change it and I think that it's really opened my eyes to a lot of things um especially kind of like things to do with like people that have disabilities I think that when you don't have something, you're incredibly naive to how difficult it is for these people that that live with disabilities. And I actually had a, a, a bit of an issue at my gym. So um, I have a blue badge because obviously I can't walk very far. And um, this, the gym, the path of my gym is quite small. And I noticed over a period of time like people without blue badges just parking there's only two disabled bays yeah. and just parking them and I left it for ages because I was like no like don't be that person and like don't yeah. cause tags or anything like that and then like I, I actually gave the people I saw doing it I gave them the benefit of the doubt then I just noticed that the same people kept doing it and I was like okay like this is getting ridiculous and I remember one day it was like torrential rain and I had to park like basically the other side of the road and I had to walk over, which is quite a long walk. And it was because people without blue badges had parked yeah. in the disabled bays. And I was like, you know what? Like, no, I'm, I'm going to say something. And I was just like, re- I was so nervous because I was like, I'm not <laughs> at all. So I went and I found the manager and I basically just told him, I was like, look, people have got to stop parking in those bays. It's really unfair. Like, it was torrential rain. I was on crutches. I actually can't believe the reaction that I got. He actually defended them. And he was like, oh, well, the thing is, you know, it's like it's limited time time in that car park. So, you know, they probably don't do it um, because... You know, they don't want to park far away because when you've got clients back to back, and I, I literally couldn't believe what I was hearing, and I was so upset. And anyway, I spoke to my friend about it. I was really upset about it, that that was the reaction I had got. Yeah. He was like, go on Twitter and, like, make <laughs> tag Purity and blah, blah. And I was, like, I was so angry. I was like, do you know what? Like, that's what I'm going to do. So I put something on Instagram and on Twitter and it got like loads of shares and like people were like, <laughs> I was like oh my god what have I done <laughs> but um it was funny because as soon as I did that I'm not joking within an hour the the main manager of the gym she yeah. rang me and she was like oh next time you're in the gym like let's just have a chat like, I'm really sorry this has happened to yeah. you and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're sorry now that I put all that stuff out there on um, Instagram and Twitter. And then I, I did speak to her and she was like, she was different to the other guy, actually. She was like, I'm really sorry you've experienced this. Um, and I did say to her, I was like, you know, it's unacceptable, really. Like, and it's it's just so ignorant of people. Like, you just, you just don't do that. Yeah. Um, and then next time I went into the gym, they put up these like big signs in the gym that were like, please do not park in the disabled base and you will get fined if you park in one without a blue badge. And I was like, and I was like, actually, I'm really happy that like, I did say something. A lot of places are just like not disabled friendly. Um, even like, you know, it's completely changed my perspective of absolutely everything. So even just like traveling, through London, like on the tubes, um, not every station is has disabled access. 
mm-hmm. and some of them do have disabled access, you have to get like three different lifts to get out of the station. It makes me really upset that, you know, these people don't choose to have a disability. Anymore. Yeah. Um, and like, this is how they have to like go through life. So it's, um, it's a massive, massive eye opener. And I think that going forward, I'd probably quite like to do like stuff for disabled people, like for charity yeah. and stuff. So yeah, I have learned a lot from it, to be honest. So yeah. I, I don't think I, I would necessarily, I mean, obviously I would love to have not gone through all of that, but I do think I'm almost like a much better person for it. And I'm sure you feel the exact same, like with what you went through, like yeah. you probably completely relate to that as well, can't you? Yeah, I can relate to that on every single level. And it's one of those things where, and I hear a lot of people say it, that yes, they probably didn't want to go through what they had to go through, Mm -hmm. but they've come out as stronger or happier or something has changed so much in their life and actually they're glad that they've been through it. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I can totally relate. And it's actually really interesting because on the point you were saying about with the with the blue badge and the car and things like that, it's one of those things where... You know, you're going through something so bad personally anyway, so you don't feel like yourself or you feel, mm. you know, you're not in a good place anyway. And then somebody, you know, they they disregard it or they pick it up on you without even realising. So, for instance, I had an example because it came to my head where I was in a supermarket and I was walking through and there was someone promoting a new gym in the area. Mm. This was when I was braced up. So I had my knee brace on from my ankle to my thigh and I had my crutches. Yeah. I'm leaving the supermarket and I'm watching this person promoting the local gym, basically giving people out flyers. I'm watching, I'm watching who they're giving the flyers to. You know, there's the athletic guy in front of me and this person. And then he sees me and just lets me walk past. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I purposely turned around. And he'd stop the other girl behind me. I, you know, I wasn't in a, the best of places anyway. And for something like that, mm. for someone to not stop me because I, you know, had my crutches and my brace, it just made me think, well, who else are you not stopping that actually is able to yeah. do things like this, is able to go to a gym, yeah. is able to walk in and do something? Like, you know, don't yeah. just judge somebody because of what you see and what you mm. think. But if anything, that just made him look, a look a little bit stupid but also naive <laughs> because if he was open-minded he could have spoken to you and been like yeah. you know oh I see you've got this brace on like have you started your rehab um yeah. you know is is the gym something that you need with your rehab have you considered it you know there's so much so many ways he could have gone with that um and you know I do I have the same thing all the time like when people see me with crutches or they see me if I'm like limping around they're like can you actually do anything like can you can you like go to the gym and stuff and I'm like yeah I can because you know I force myself to there's still even if I couldn't actually walk there's still so many things that you can do um it's about just you know being open-minded to it if anything, that probably just put you off wanting to go to that gym in the first yeah. place. Yeah, I'm not signing up to it. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, but yeah, people people are like that all the time. They always say to me, "So, like, can you actually do anything then?" And I'm like, 
Yes, there's loads of stuff that I can do, you know. Even like I was saying earlier, like being able to do things like aerial hoop, you know. It's not mm-hmm. it's non-weight-bearing, it doesn't matter. Um, and like I love going to Pilates, that's another really good one. Um, you know, no, I can't. I used to go to CrossFit like many years ago. Um, I did CrossFit for maybe five or six years. It's stuff like that that I can't do anymore because like yes. that is, you know, it's so high impact that I just wouldn't be able to do it. But I kind of feel like that's okay. Like that chapter, you know, it was the end of that chapter almost is how I see it. Um, and now I think it's great because it's almost, it, it forced me to look at different avenues, like look at different things that I am mm. able to do. You know, if I wanted to, I, I even looked at like joining a rowing club, you know, because I can, I can sit down and row, like it's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be running marathons or anything, but <laughs> to be honest, I was never much of a runner anyway, so I always said that to people like from really early on. I remember that a consultant, he was like, it's a bit harsh actually. I was literally about to go into surgery and he was like, just so you know, you're never going to run again. And I was like, don't worry, <laughs> that's fine with me. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was a bit, um, that was so random when he said that. But Also, just because you can't do X, Y, Z, you can try, you know, ABC, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, if you can't do one thing, then try another thing. So it's like, yes, I maybe at that time probably couldn't have joined the gym. I don't think I was at that point where I was, but had I, but I was doing other things at the same time. So it's one of those things in life where, you know, you used to do CrossFit and, you know, now you've found other avenues and it's, 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 you're right. It's like closing a chapter of something that used to be and opening a new chapter to the next part of where you are in life. Um, and I guess that's also like when you said, you know, you, you know, being able to do your finals with, um, you know, with the the scaffolding on your leg, (laughs) um, you know, you said to yourself that, you know, to know that you were able to do that, I guess you probably transitioned that into your whole life as well. To know that you were able to do that, it kind of makes you feel capable to, if I could do that, I'm strong enough to do other things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that a lot of the time, it's just mind over matter. So it's just, you know, when I am presented with something to do, I often think like this is when I, when I was starting work, I used to say to my osteopath, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to get through the day. You know, how on earth am I going to spend all day on my feet treating patients? And I always remember from really early on, he always said to me, like, don't worry about it. Like, you'll figure it out. Like, you will manage it and you will do it. Um, And he was right. And I'm not saying it's easy because it's not easy. Like, after I've seen a full day of patients, like, it is really painful but it's about finding a way that I can get through the day. So just little things like instead of having one big break in the middle of the day, I'll just have a couple of little ones throughout the day where I can rest. I do a lot of stuff seated. Um, I think I was just so daunted by the fact that, you know, how am I going to get through this? Um, But yeah, I just, you know, you you learn what works for you. Even little things like, because I work, I'm self-employed, um, I decided that I'm not going to work weekends and I'm also going to have a day off in the week. So that also works really nicely because, um, you know, I just have to, I have to know my limits. I have to know 
how much my ankle can take. Um, so it's, a lot of it is just, you know, kind of getting used to your new normal, I think would be the best way of, of putting yeah. it. Um, yeah, and it is interesting. Another another thing that was really interesting was um, actually travelling um, as someone who is less abled because obviously with COVID and stuff, I hadn't travelled at all. And yeah. I've been like, I had so many surgeries and stuff that just, you know, it just hadn't happened. So this year was the first time that I had actually travelled um, and travelled as someone who is less able. And I have to say, like, the, the airport, the UK airports were really good. So um, they offer assistance and they basically just come and get you. And, like, if your gate is far or you can't walk, they basically just wheel you to the um, to the gate and then they get you onto the aircraft first, which is, you know, it's really good. And they're quite reassuring and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's a whole new experience. You just, you kind of, I feel like you just have to, you have to think more about stuff. Um, and yeah. I think that's a luxury that, you know, obviously not everyone, not everyone has the luxury of just going out and not having to think about doing stuff. Um, so I do think that, when you're more able that's something you definitely take for granted like you, yeah, yeah. you know even just being able to pop out to the shops is something that I think people just take for granted um, and you know it's it's quite nice really because everything that I've been through I I can really relate to my patients now so like when yeah. my patients come in like I had a lady in yesterday and she had one knee replacement and now her other knee is painful she was like, she got really upset and she was crying and she was like, you know, my whole life has changed. And I literally was like, I get it. Like, I complete, I know yeah. where you where you are. I completely understand. But you don't have to stay where you are now. And there's stuff that we can do to help you move forward yeah. and to help you avoid having an, another replacement on the other side. Um, and I think, you know, that's quite nice, really, because now now I have that empathy I'm sure you'll agree is that like you don't really know what it's like until you've been through it no I agree I think it's funny because you've probably had the same thing where you've had people like when you did your knee I bet you had people that were like oh I did my knee once you know (laughs) I sprained it when I was out on a run and you're there with like your knee brace with your ankle to your hip and you're like yeah I did have that not the same thing but thanks Um, (laughs) (laughs) I did I did I had a few times like that actually um yeah there was just actually quickly there was one that just came to mind I think I was in the gym and um somebody was next to me on the mats and they think they said, Oh, what have you, I said, Oh, I, you know, I injured my knee. And they went, Oh, I injured my knee once. Cause I, didn't, I don't say exactly what's happened right away. And they told me that they, they twinged it or something for a few weeks. And then they were like, what did you do? And I told them and they were like, Oh, it's funny, isn't it? And I think, I don't know if it's just like, cause people want to feel like it, maybe that's them trying to be empathetic and trying to almost relate to yeah. you. It is really funny. Like some people's reactions and, um, it's interesting that you say that, um, you do, you kind of don't tell them straight away, like what happened. Cause I'm also the same. And I sometimes I'm like, Oh, like where do I draw the line? Cause I, I never know really what to say to people. And a lot of the time now I find that cause obviously a lot of my patients pick up on it and I don't really know what to say. I'm just kind of like, 
oh yeah I've hurt my ankle or like you know I've got an injury yeah. and I just try and change the subject so yeah it's um been a bit of a journey to be honest but yeah it's good I feel I feel like I'm at a point now where um yeah I'm a lot more aware of things and I'm not I'm not as kind of naive and I definitely definitely don't take mobility and stuff like that for granted anymore so yeah it's it's um it's interesting yeah I was going to ask you how you are doing now but also just in a mental place as well like how because I imagine that you know affected you everything affected you in the journey I think that now like I'm in a lot better place now than I was previously and I would say that um so in the the lead up to having the frame put on I'm I could easily say that was the worst place I have ever been mentally in my life. Um, and I, I can only describe myself as like, I just, I was a hermit, a complete hermit. Like I would just stay at home. Um, at the time, um, I used to work a reception job because I, so I previously did sports massage, which I had to give up. So I couldn't do anymore. So I switched to reception. So I would just, I would go to work. I would do my work, I would go to uni and then I'd come home. The only the only kind of not even really social, the only thing I would actually do would be I would go to the gym because that gave me um give me symptomatic relief. Um and I and I still I'm very aware that I need to stay strong, so I would go to the gym. But honestly that's all I did in the, in those nearly twelve months. I just yeah. stayed at home and I'm not even being dramatic when I say every single day I probably woke up and I would just cry all morning. I'd get ready for uni, like, relieved up and have, like, tears while I was trying to do my makeup. I'd get really, really upset, probably cry all the way to uni, get to uni, just, like, wipe the tears, that's it. Then I'm just very good at, like, putting on a mask, being, like, quite then I was quite literally putting on a mask Um, and just getting through the day. acting like I was absolutely fine when inside I was just like there's no other word for it like it's depressing it is so so depressing um especially when like everyone around you is mobile and can do everything and people don't understand and I've kind of learned to accept that I don't expect people to understand what it's like anymore um because like I said earlier if they haven't been through it they're not going to understand so that was just it was really hard for me to accept that and it whenever you whenever I was organizing stuff with friends it was always like um you know going for a walk I couldn't do that or like even going for a meal I'd have to think about how far it was to walk from what where the car was parked to where we was going for a meal um doing anything active was entirely out of the window so I just I stopped seeing people I kind of stopped talking to people um I like I wouldn't even think about dating anyone that was like absolute no um and yeah it was really really depressing and you know I got the date so I got the date for the surgery in the Jan in January this year um and that kind of helped a little bit because I was like right okay at least like I've got something to look forward to and I know you shouldn't wish time away but those few months I was like I just had to get through them um and to be honest every single day was like how I just described like I would just be you know in tears most of the day and then it was it's a lot better like for me 
having a job where I'm speaking with people, it it completely changes my mood. So it was quite nice, really, because those few hours of the day, I could almost switch off a little bit from it. I could kind of not forget about it, but um, you get distracted, don't you? So that was quite nice. Um, so yeah, that's that was a really really tough time, and I really feel like I probably could have done with like some counselling or something like that but like I was a poor uni student I couldn't even afford anything like that so um I think that my mum was quite concerned about me at that point um because you know it's it's so depressing and it's just it's just horrible and I do think in those times as well you really learn like who your true friends are like who really cares about you because there was a lot of people that I thought would be there for me and they weren't there for me um and weirdly people that I didn't expect to be there for me kind of stepped up yeah Um, and yeah it really shows you like who the true ones are um and it almost like does you a bit of a favor yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) the the ones that aren't there for you you can just be like all right see you later kind of thing um So, yeah, like having a good support network in that time was like really essential for me. And I always say that to my patients as well is like your support network is they're going to be the people that get you through those tough times. Um, And for me, really, that was probably mainly my mum. And I had like a few close friends. Um, But even with like your close friends and I still feel like it now is that I get to a point where like I don't want to I feel like I'm almost like a bit of a burden yeah Um, and you know like I don't want to message them every day and be like oh I'm in so much pain having such a bad day because like after a while I think they're probably going to be like oh my god it's all she ever goes on about but that's kind of like when that's your whole life you know you just need to like vent it to someone don't you um but yeah and it was it was really strange because like literally as soon as I got that frame on it was like the flick of a switch like I felt like I had there was hope again you know um it completely changed everything and something that I think people thought was going to be quite a depressing period of time and quite difficult actually I quite enjoyed it like it was painful like I got infections in the frame and that was horrendous but I feel like you know I've been through so much pain at this point that pain honestly doesn't faze me anymore like you know I've accepted it's just something that I have to live with you know I am gonna have pain for the rest of my life um but yeah it was more you know oh, I can actually move my ankle I can actually do stuff on it and it doesn't hurt like it was, it was brilliant um yeah it was it was really strange it was almost like overnight I was like a completely different person um and I would say that where I am now is that like I'm much much better now I think that so my ankle is still you know it's not perfect it's not at the moment it's not where I want it to be um but I think I'm much better almost at like coping with that Um, and just kind of you know I have to accept that you know that is there's still options for me but that's kind of like my reality um Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I've just kind of learned to, to cope with that. But those, yeah, those few, well, nearly 12 months were, um, were awful, really, really yeah. awful. And I'm sure it was probably kind of similar to when you was, would you say like when you was non-weight bearing was kind of the worst period? 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When I was when I was completely non-weight bearing, that's I think the time when my head went the most. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. Like the tiniest most what you'd say is relevant things uh, mm, in the mindset used to make me cry and used to but they weren't, you know, and like you were it's it's things that were taken away from me that I didn't even realise you know, yeah. every day before I was doing. Yeah, when I was non weight bearing it was the weirdest mm. Weirdest time to be in. Yeah. So to go your whole life walking and doing something to them being told you're not allowed to put your foot down. It's mm. like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? It's, How do I get a glass of water? Yeah, and they see. I think a lot of it is the independence side of it as well. From you, and that's something that even like still now that I do struggle with is that learning to ask people for help is quite difficult when you've been like a grown adult and you've never had to ask anyone for help then asking people is like it almost hurts your ego a little bit doesn't it um, <laughs> and I'll never forget like same as you when I was I was non-weight bearing and um my shower at home it has double doors so you you have to obviously open it like one hand on each door yeah. I was on crutches so I couldn't open the doors um and so my mum had to help me I remember one day I was just like what is my life? Like, I, I would just, I just sat in the shower, like, in tears. I was like, I can't even get in the shower without my mum helping me. And I, I think I was, like, 25 then. I was, like, I'm 25, and my mum has to help me in and out of the shower. Like, is this how I'm going to have to live my life? Yeah. Um, obviously, like, that was a bit dramatic. Like, I can get in and out of the shower. Like, it's fine. It's not a problem. But, you know, in the, in that moment, it's, it's horrible. And yeah. that is your entire reality. And, and I think when you see it, it having an effect on your friends and family as well, like you just you almost feel like such a bad person. Like I remember, you know, it was really stressful for my mum. Like she had to do so much to help me on top of still doing her full time job and like running a household and everything. And you just it makes you feel so bad. Um, yeah. And you know, but what can you do? Like there's nothing you can do. And yeah. at the end of the day, like we're lucky that we ha- even had those people to help because I'm sure there's people out there that mm-hmm. literally have no one I'm very privileged to be in the position that I was yeah, yeah. like you can have people there to support you and so yeah a lot of lessons learned really yeah but that's like the thing is you said you know in a way you're grateful for what you've been through because you know now you know more so what you want to do and how you can yeah. help people which is, you know, it's fascinating. But it's also interesting when you said about, you know, you don't always want to tell your friends because mm. you don't want to feel like a burden. Or yeah. And I think, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't do this, but I feel like everyone thinks they're a burden yeah. to anyone when they yeah. tell them anything. But like you were saying, you learned who your support network was, who the friends were there for you, mm. who weren't there for you. And I think... Don't be afraid to talk to anyone, mm. it's your friends or anyone, whatever you're going through, because they do want to, they do want to know, they do want to know. Yeah. If you've got friends, you know, you're, you're, if you've got the right people around you, it's okay to, it's okay to, you need to let it out because otherwise it's going to get caught up in your mind more and more, mm. more, more, more. And you'll break anyway. So I think it's really important to not feel like a burden. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I always try and think of it in terms of like the other way around. Like I would never, 
I would never see my friends as a burden if they message me no. anything at all. Um, and it's funny because like, I don't know why we have that perception that <laughs> we're annoying someone or irritating them by asking, like telling them all the time that we're <laughs> and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's interesting perspective because I do, I think the same, you know, I don't think that's all when they message me. Um, yeah. So I don't know why I think that <laughs> about me messaging them. But, yeah, um, yeah. I think we. I think every, that's a lesson for everyone, really. Everyone, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to your support network at all because yeah. they're there for at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And it's also when you said about having that glimmer of hope. So when you, when you had that one glimmer of hope, and you that was kind of you said your whole life changed basically in that day. And it's it's take it's having that one glimmer of hope or that one step to. Mm-hmm the next level or the next chapter and once you get it it's amazing how things can change yeah definitely and I think that sometimes um that glimmer of hope it it doesn't even have to be like an event it can be some someone that's just there for you Um, having someone that can just even though you you might know it already in your head but like having someone there just to remind you that you know what like in the end it's all going to be okay Um, things are going to work out and there's always options there's always things you can do um and yeah just just having that I think is is quite important to be honest definitely definitely would you have any what would kind of be your key advice then for someone going through something like this yeah, going through something like this, maybe at that level before that glimmer of hope, let's say, what would you, you know, what what was the one piece of advice you'd give? Um, I would say just surround yourself with people who uplift you, um, and kind of what we just said. Don't be afraid to reach out to them because in the in the darkest days that I had, the things that cheered me up were the people or the people mm-hmm. that I was spending time with, um, or the people that would, like, give me a ring, be like, are you okay? Um, it's always, it always comes back to that network of people that I think mm-hmm. just having having someone to talk to, because I do think that it can be very, it can be extremely lonely, those being in those mm-hmm. situations, and I think that um, that's kind of what I experienced, was things started to get better. I mean, I know obviously it got to, got better with my surgery um but a lot of the time I felt I felt almost normal when I was with people like, I know I wasn't entirely normal and I wasn't able but you do forget about it um and it's quite nice like I really enjoy being with people and them just not asking about my ankle <laughs> or like yeah. sometimes when I see people the first thing they say is how's your ankle and I'm like you know what people don't do that I really like it like I think the other important thing is don't let your injury become you like don't let that become your identity because it will just eat you up and it it will change you you still need you're still a person and you need to kind of put that that element into a box and just see that as that is part of you but it's not it's not all of you like it's just yeah. a fraction of, of you as a person um because you know it would just become your entire world and you'll forget everything else and all you'll ever think about will be that and then I think I think for me especially like that's how I got into that such a yeah. state is you know 
even little things like if I was out, I would be like, I'd be jealous of people like walking along the street. I'd be like, oh, mm. I could do that. Um, so yeah, like don't let it become your entire identity. Just let it be part of you, and it will mm. change your personality. It will change who you are as a person for the better. Um, but just remember, like there is more to life, and don't forget to live life. Essentially, you know, there's like I said, there's still so much you can do. You know, there is places that are accessible, um, and you're you're only limited to how much you won't be limited to. Really, you know you can do whatever you want to do um it's just it's down to down to yourself and your mindset a lot of the time and I, I think that a lot of people say to me oh like you've been so strong blah blah and I don't think I have to <laughs> I just the way I see it is that and I say this to a lot of people it's like if you don't pick yourself up and move forward you will get left behind because life moves on and people move on and you will honestly, you will feel left behind and you'll feel left in the dark if you don't just get up and get on with it. You know, sometimes the reality is absolutely rubbish and, you know, things can be just the worst they've ever been. Um, mm -hmm. But the way I see it is that when you're in that, when you're at the bottom of the bottom, the only way is up. Like, <laughs> can it get much worse than that? Probably not. Um, and you just have to get through those days and like it's okay to have bad days even now like I still have really bad days and on those bad days if I'm not working I'm like all right we'll just accept it I'm not going to be able to do the things I want to do today um, or you know just after a day at work I just come home I'm like all right we'll just go to bed it's fine like tomorrow's a new day it's a new opportunity um, but yeah just just getting through the days really and trying to keep that positive mindset which I know is, is very much easier said than done um and I think hindsight is a wonderful thing because I can look back now and be like yeah like stay positive but you know I know that it's really hard to stay positive in those situations um but just try to find try to find like happiness in like little things I think is a really a really good tip as well you know even if it's just speaking to a friend on the phone or like going for a coffee something like that um because I feel like in life life is all those little things they become the big things in life um, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily about you know being able to like run a marathon or anything like that the hardest bit is the training and leading up to it so mm -hmm. um yeah they're probably like the, the few top things I would say to people yeah, life's about the journey. Yeah, uh, the destination's there, but it's it's how you create the journey yeah. and what you do with the journey. And you hit the nail on the head where you said that life goes on. Yeah, you know, what you're doing, where you're at, whatever state is going on, however dark it is, the rest of life is going on. Yeah, and you can either decide to not, or you can, whenever you are ready, because it's a matter of when you are ready. Yeah. Don't do it you know because anyone else tells you yeah. do it when you're ready but when you are ready you can you know continue on with life yeah so. definitely and I think as well a lot of people compare themselves to other people especially with yeah, injuries right. and stuff 
everyone's injuries differ. Like no two yeah. lungs are going to be the same. Even if like on imaging they look the same, you know, two people could have completely different pain thresholds, completely different actual levels of pain. So yeah, like try not to compare yourself to other people. Yeah. Like you know, your journey is your own. And for me, like from what was an ankle fracture, you know. I'm three years down the line now and you know other people have had ankle fractures that probably aren't as bad and they're fine within like six months so you know it's you know I kind of feel like especially with this injury and maybe probably for other injuries as well things tend to take longer than what you think they're doing in your head um I thought that you know within a year I was going to be absolutely fine I had no idea what was like what was going to happen in the future um but yeah you know your body healing just take it takes a really really long yeah. time um and yeah just don't compare yourself to other people because it's just most of the time it just makes you feel rubbish yeah no agree it's most of the time i say 99 percent of the time it makes you feel rubbish yeah. probably of the time. <laughs> no point doing it and to be honest the stuff that people put up you know they usually just put up the best of things don't they on social media so you're never going to see the whole picture and I, I do sometimes think that as well is that even stuff that like I put up on my work page you know um I try to be like as re as realistic as possible and you know I want people to know that you know it's not easy and yeah. it's not always like I think people assume like and maybe you've had the same is that once you get to a certain point that it's going to be fine, you know, you're, you're all right. You're not in any pain anymore and you're completely normal. But I think more so, especially for my injury, you know, it's not, it's not ever going to be perfect. And I think that kind of allowing people to understand that and trying to get that through to people, um, that can be quite difficult. Um, I used to really like sugarcoat it and I used to just be like yeah I'm fine blah 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 because I just like couldn't be able to talk about it whereas now I'll just be like yeah it's not great and then I just change the subject (laughs) (laughs) I just don't like it's so long to get into um but yeah I think just don't compare yourself to other people like and it's it's okay for things to take longer um I think you, you get there in the end but I think people just, you know, you have to be a bit more realistic. And I wish that, the, especially the physios, like, I wish they kind of had been more honest with me. Like, I knew it was going to take a long time to heal, uh, especially with, like, so many surgeries. But I just wish that they had been a bit more, like, you know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be great or whatever. But... but then I guess what you can do is from that is if you feel like you're not getting enough information or you feel like you might not be adding the truth, just like actually relating to you going into the gym and asking about, you know, you know, why are people parking in the disabled spot in a completely different context? It is just speak out or ask questions. Yeah, don't be afraid. Definitely. You know, don't be afraid to ask a question because realistically, all your, you, the worst thing that you're going to hear from a question is no mm, or nothing yeah, and if you don't ask questions, whatever it is, and I'm, I'm talking about anything in life, if you don't ask something, you'll never actually know the answer. Mm. So that can relate to, like, you going into the gym and saying, 
why are people parking in, you know, the disabled spots? And had you not done that, you would have never got, you know, things happen after. And just like in hospitals or wherever it is, if you think that you're not getting everything you want or you have a question and it hasn't been answered, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, definitely. And I've actually had a lot of patients who come in and they've been to see a consultant in the hospital and then I'll say to them, oh, what did your consultant say? Or they're on the list for an operation. And I'll be like, okay, yeah. what operation are you having? And they don't know. Like, they just don't know what I'm like, but, you know, and people that have had operations as well. And I'm like, okay, what did they yeah. do in the op? And they just don't know. And I'm like, how do you not know? You <laughs> went under general anaesthetic. Like, you would have had to sign a consent form. And they just still don't know. So I think, yeah, ask as many questions as possible. Yeah. Um, because I do think that they don't always like paint the whole picture for you mm. and yeah just be as nosy as you can <laughs> yeah ask all the questions definitely yeah definitely of course of course is there anything else that you want to talk about or no i don't think so i think that's pretty much everything yeah no perfect that's cool i just want to ask one thing then obviously was it you know you spent your whole life and I'm asking, you know, because I really, really learned to walk. So you spent your whole life, you know, walking. Mm-hmm. You know, you learned how to walk when you were a kid. So you spent your whole life doing it. And then you stopped for 14 weeks. How did it feel relearning how to walk? How did that really kind of, you know, something that you did when you were a kid and never thought you'd have to do again? So physically, it was um, the weirdest thing ever because I was scared to put my foot even on the ground and I've got videos of like the first time that they said you can fully weight bear and I was like yeah I'm doing it but I wasn't doing it I was was on crutches still and they were like yeah you can put all your weight through it and I was like yeah I'm doing it but I clearly was only probably putting like maybe 50% of my weight um and it felt I mean to be honest the joint felt so stiff because it had Mm. been stuck in the same position for so long um and even now like it's it's something that is so easy for you to do when you're able to do it but actually like the whole gait cycle in itself is very complex um Mm. and yeah really difficult to be honest um and mentally it's funny you say that actually because my osteopath he said the exact same thing to me he was like you know you need to give yourself more credit the last time you learned to walk you was a baby really yeah. um and you know it was it and it still is it's really difficult um yeah. so much more difficult than what you ever imagine it to be and almost probably more difficult as an adult than when you're a baby because you don't know if you're a baby do you um but yeah, like definitely mentally challenging. And if anything, it's like, it's scary because you, you know, you've like broken that joint and then now you're having to put all your weight through, which you haven't done for yeah. so long. But a lot of it is just actual, actually like the mental side of it is really difficult. Um, and I remember that like, I used to be scared that, um, when I first put the weight on it, it would just break again. <laughs> yeah, the same. Just like, which is ridiculous. Like, obviously that's not going to happen. But yeah, that's something that goes through your head. Like, oh my god, like, am I allowed to put all my weight through it? Um, 
And I remember actually saying that, like, is it okay to do it? Like, it's not going to break, is it? And like, no, it's not going to break. Um, yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Actually, when I look back on it, like, when I just come out of the cast, I think I almost, like, kind of blocked blocked some of it out, to be honest. Like, I don't, don't actually really think about that that often. Um, but, yeah, and, and that as well, like, you don't really... I did. I had never broken a bone, so I didn't know what it was like. But it then actually takes such a long time to relearn to walk again, because you, well, the way I did it with my consultant, he was like, the first, I think the first three weeks, I was allowed to put twenty five percent through that leg, and then the next three weeks it was like fifty percent, and then seventy. Yeah. So already, like you're up to like over six weeks, like nearing on eight weeks of of just that part until you're actually fully weight bearing again yeah um and then yeah it's like a really weird feeling when you like fully weight bear through the joint again yeah um, and it takes like I'm sure you're the same like, it takes like a lot of getting used to almost doesn't it um, yeah definitely and a lot of like trying to conquer that fear of just you know it's okay to just like put my all my weight for it like it's fine it's not gonna break <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah definitely difficult yeah yeah it's it's um it's getting over that little that first piece of fear whatever bone whatever you know muscle anything even if it's something that's not physical something that's changed in your life and then you redo it again or you go back to it again Mm -hmm. it's that first time you do it it's terrifying beyond belief but if you can do it that once I think everyone especially you need to give yourself so much credit Mm -hmm. because if you can do it that once then there's nothing stopping you. Yeah. And if you can do it, then, you know, there's so much more that you can do from that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been perfect. Yeah. I've enjoyed every moment. Yeah, it's been really good. Thank you. It's like, you like oh, therapy. No <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was thinking that earlier, actually. I thought, do you know what? It's going to be quite nice. We just let it all out. <laughs> that's the thing it's it's everyone can let it out in whatever way shape or form they want and that's one thing as well though is not a lot of people do talk out loud and suddenly you know the episode is all about you to talk about anything you want out loud so it is like therapy but every time you speak out loud about anything it's almost like therapy yeah it is actually and I always say to people you know I'm an osteopath but I think half the time I'm a therapist <laughs> honestly people just tell me all about their troubles what they're going through and like you know it's appointments often similar to the conversation we've just had and you know people tell me all sorts about their life but I do think you know when you talk about stuff it does make you feel better like just get it off yeah. get your hands open um and yeah like we said earlier is that you know just talk to people like it's okay you know yeah, yeah. that's what your friends and family are there for so definitely definitely utilize that yeah it's been great thank you it was a pleasure to have katie on the show thank you for joining life really does go on with or without you whenever you're ready pick yourself up and move forward this chapter is coming to an end so be ready for a new one and the next part of life give yourself the credit you definitely deserve i'll see you next time <laughs>